Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, it is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. He'll be back with you manana. And you know when you serve America... You're supposed to be doing it out of the goodness of your heart, right? If you're Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're supposed to be doing it out of the goodness of your heart, right? And who cares the fact that he's made insane amounts of money and makes more than the President of the United States of America, right? He's just doing it out of the goodness of of his heart. Is he? Uh, Maybe not. New news tonight for you. Anthony Fauci's net worth has increased. You ready for this, Mr. Producer? Over 70% to 12 million and add 700000 to the back end of that since, okay, keyword since the COVID pandemic, a new report says. Yet another miraculous salary gain for the so-called public servant. Newly obtained financial documents reveal the controversial and often, uh, you know, cranky Dr. Anthony Fauci, the guy that wants to mandate you to get a vaccine and apparently is, is okay with the president telling you it's part of getting ready for a hurricane to get your vaccine, his net worth has now exceeded $12.5 million, surging over $5.1 million amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. So let's just break that down into real-world terms. Dr. Fauci has made $5.1 million so far during the COVID-19 pandemic. Not a bad gig if you can get it, right? These documents being reported on by the National Pulse and obtained by the government watchdog group Open the Books, the records detail how America's most powerful public health official amasses net worth through investments. Here's the kicker. Gifts and his taxpayer-funded salary. Here's something else that doesn't scream nepotism. Fauci's wife, Christine Grady, is also a National Institute of Health NIH employee, serving as the chief at the NIH Clinical Center's Department of Bioethics. You may remember the controversy over bioethics. I'll get back to that in a moment. The Fauci household disclosed that their total net worth increased by roughly $7.6 million dollars. From January the 1st of 2019, pandemic start, to over $12.6 million by December the 31st of 2021. None of this is counting what he's made since the end of 2021. So if you look at those numbers, it represents a nearly 70% increase in their net wealth from January the 1st, 2019 to December the 31st, 2021. So while everybody else was losing their jobs, was losing their businesses, were losing their restaurants, this dude and his wife working for the, quote, government got a 70% increase in not just their salary, in their total net worth. Not a bad gig for a public servant, right? 
You want to know why he's so hell-bent on forcing you to get the jab or forcing you to sit in a room with a mask on or forcing you to believe that the pandemic is not over? Maybe it's because if you're making literally millions off of it, there's a pretty good chance you don't want it to end. Documents also reveal that Fauci continues to be the top paid federal employee. You want to know what this dude earns? He earns a salary of 456000 in 2021. This year, he got a raise to 480000 for the year, the fiscal year 2022. This guy's making money. Fauci's household net worth tracker back in 2016, when Donald Trump became president, he was worth $5.8 million. Now, because of the pandemic and the Democrat being in office, he's at almost $13 million as a family. So, when, again, when Trump became president, $5.8 million. Then he went to six point five the next year. Then he went to seven point eight. Then seven point five. He actually lost money from eighteen to nineteen, and then he skyrocketed in twenty twenty from COVID at the beginning or at the end nine point five million. Then to ten point four. Now to twelve point six million. So just since twenty twenty, his net worth has skyrocketed to levels he could not have even imagined. Almost up three x since two thousand and sixteen. All for a public servant. If you want to know why this guy loves COVID and doesn't want to ever go away, maybe this is why. During 2021, for example, an ongoing pandemic year, the Fauci's household net worth gains totaled $2.8 million through federal income and benefits worth 903000 Then there were the perks and benefits that totaled, and listen carefully, you might want to take notes on this one, okay? Because I talked about this. Uh, recently I did a deep dive into where does Fauci get his money in my podcast. And one of the things we kept finding is this dude gets money, uh, in perks and benefits and, and basically winning awards. So in 2021, this guy who's anti-Trump pro pandemic got perks and benefits totaling $919,000. He also then somehow made 910000 in investment gains. Wonder how that happened. The Fauci family's household investment portfolio previously gained 794000 in 2020. So while all of us were losing money, this dude is just raking it in. Fauci's investment account is now valued at $10.2 million in these latest documents. And his wife investments totaled an additional $2.4 million in change as of December 31st, 2021, these records show. The funds are held in a mix of trust, retirement, and college education accounts. Now, Fauci also has an IRA worth $706,000 in change, a defined benefit brokerage account totaling $2.5 million. This is all from a dude that's supposed to be a public servant, okay? These numbers, I keep giving them to you because you need to understand this is a public servant, right? He also has a revocable trust worth $7 million. His wife's recoverable trust totals $2.2 million and has an IRA totaling $136,000 and change. Now, the documents do not include the names of any individual stocks held by the family, though they do show some investments in broadly targeted mutual funds. Now, this is where the money comes in. I would refer to this as bribery, but you can decide for yourself. 
In 2021, Fauci got a lot of cash, supplemented his government income with nearly $1 million in, I'm not joking when I say this, prizes. How do you get a million dollars in prizes if you're starting to fight COVID or supposed to be fighting COVID and you're supposed to be a public service? It's simple. Nonprofit organizations that like that you're sticking it to conservatives and like that you're sticking it to those that want the freedom to choose whether they get the jab or not decided to reward Dr. Fauci to the tune of about a million dollars. Nonprofit organizations such as the Dan David Foundation awarded Fauci alone $901,400. What did he get awarded for? This is not a joke. Speaking truth to power and defending science during the Trump administration. So this guy made a million bucks, basically, standing up to Donald Trump and, quote, defending science during the Trump administration. That, in my opinion, is what a bribe is. Can, can, can we all agree on that? I mean, when you are out there realizing that you can actually make money from the left who will supplement you and give you a million dollars if you attack Donald Trump in a non-political position in the government and then they give you a million. The other question is, should Fauci have taken this money? If you're a public servant, right, and you're supposed to be a non-political guy, why would you take an award that clearly is political in nature? You would know to walk away from a big check of $901,000 for, quote, speaking truth to power and defending science during the Trump administration, because that is the award. Fauci, by the way, kept the $901,000 of the, quote, prize money, allocating roughly 10% to handpicked scholarship winners. Fauci also collected other awards, 12 and a half. 12500 from the Elliot Richardson Prize in Public Service on July 31st, 2021. And also he won the Albison Prize from the American Association for the Advancement of Science on February the 8th, 2021. His disclosures also note that he continued to hold a stake in a San Francisco restaurant, Jackson Fillmore, worth between 1000 to fifteen grand. Now, the release of Fauci's financial disclosures follows his decision to retire from his role as the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director, which will leave him with an annual retirement package exceeding $350,000 a year that you will pay for every year. That staggering figure comes amid Fauci sending U.S. taxpayers dollars, we know, to a fund risky bat coronavirus research at a Chinese Communist Party-controlled lab in Wuhan, which I'm going to tell you about in a moment. Now, I don't want to get off track too much because I want to go back to the money here in the 900000 This Dr. Fauci was literally awarded a million dollars for sticking it. Sticking it to Donald Trump. Sticking it to Donald Trump. I want you to think about that. Does that sound ethical to you? Fauci kept the $901,400 of, quote, prize money for speaking truth to power. You don't think this guy, I mean, if that's not bribery, that's more than, what, that's two years plus of a salary just for sticking it to Donald Trump? So go back to the overall numbers here. Anthony Fauci's net worth has increased over 70%. 
to 12.7 million since the COVID pandemic. And that doesn't even count any of the money that he's made so far this year. All the data I have is from 2021 and before. So this year, who knows what he could be at? How many other awards does he get for sticking it to the men, right? And it almost, you got to ask the question, can you buy Dr. Fauci? Apparently you can for $900,000 and a prize. How does this even happen? How can a government official take $900,000 in prize money is another question I want to know. How is this something that he's allowed to do? I'll get your reaction to this. It's Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be back with you tomorrow. Our phone number 1-877-381-3811. 1-877-381-3811. Your thoughts on Dr. Fauci coming up next. Mark Levin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Getting rich off of COVID. Dr. Fauci making big bucks over 70%. His net worth has increased to to 12.7 million since the COVID pandemic. A new report states... Welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. These newly obtained financial documents show that Dr. Fauci was also given money for his political views. He was literally awarded a million bucks for his political views of standing up to Donald Trump. How is that even legit? It is totally insane. I want to get your reaction to this and see what you think about all of it. The number one 381 3811 1-877-381-3811. I want to get to your phone calls on this. Let me go to Michael. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hello. Hey, Ben. How are you doing? Good, sir. How are you? Hey, good, thank you. You know, I appreciate the the financial overview for Fauci there, but a couple of things I wanted to point out, right, like 2020 was a pretty boom year for the stock market overall for everybody. After about April, things started to go north pretty quickly. So I have to imagine that, you know, Fauci, Fauci being a little bit older, doesn't have a super long window for his investments. I imagine anybody in that uh, at that stage was able to make a pretty penny all right, let's, let's, let's go through that. Let's go through that. Seriously, I'll, I'll walk down that road with you, okay? You, if you've ever met with a financial advisor, do you have one by chance? I do. 
All right, so you know this. What do they say? The older you get, the less risk you want to take, right? And on top of that, Fauci's investments are in a blind trust, right? So he can't basically insider trade in theory. Usually when you're in a blind trust, you make less money. Okay, does that make sense? I hear what you're saying. And and, and still, go back to the million dollars he was given I call it, as, in my opinion, it's a bribe, right? It's, it's, a, it's a bribe. Here's a million dollars for sticking it to Donald Trump. He should have immediately declined that gift. People don't give people million dollars by accident. Can we agree on that? But at the same time, we're, we're a capitalist country. Not not in the private sector, 100%. He's supposed to be a public servant. If you want to go play in the private sector, go play in the private sector. But let's go back to that. Do you think Dr. Fauci would be given a million-dollar gift, a political, clearly a political gift, if he didn't have the job he was in sticking it to Donald Trump? Of course not. They wouldn't have given him that money. They gave him that money. And it's not my words. It's their words. He was given the million dollars because, in their words, he, he was awarded an exact amount. All right. This is from the nonprofit organization, Dan David Foundation, gave him $901,400 for, quote, speaking truth to power and defending science during the Trump administration. That is a political donation. It's not a science donation. I'm not saying I like it, but. I think we got to grow up and admit that that's the way our system works and it can work for our advantage. So, so bri- you know, okay, so bribery you're cool with, 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 with people that are not elected in the federal government. If you can prove a quid pro quo, that's another story. But it does they, sound like. I, I don't have to prove it, they put it in writing. The Dan David Foundation gave him the money for speaking truth to power, quote-unquote, and defending science during the Trump administration. I don't have to prove anything. It's in their own words. Let me give you another scenario. All right, let's say that I work at the Pentagon. All right, I'm not elected. I work at the Pentagon. And I am a defender of guns, right? And it's in my history. I own a gun store. But all of a sudden, I get a million-dollar check from a gun manufacturer for standing up for the Second Amendment? Do you really think that's not bribery? Think about it. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. 
Mark Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson, filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be back with you tomorrow. And I want to go back to Dr. Fauci for a second. So he was getting rich during COVID, right? We know that now. He was being awarded prizes for basically a million dollars for, quote, speaking truth to power and defending science during the Trump administration from nonprofit organizations. That, to me, is straight up bribery. But this explains now why Dr. Fauci became such a narcissistic psycho demanding that you live your life a certain way because he was being rewarded for doing it and somehow was expanding his wealth significantly during a time when everybody else was suffering. The headline says it all. Anthony Fauci's net worth increased over 70% since the COVID pandemic started. Massive salary gains for a so-called public servant. And if you question Dr. Fauci, ho ho, you better shut up, folks. Dr. Fauci is not to be questioned because, you know, look at the, he was asked in the Atlantic, for example, listen to this audio. This is Fauci on the school closures and the lockdowns. He said, it's, look, when you do draconian things, it has collateral, collateral negative consequences. But when you're making money, who cares? When you have a divisiveness in society where every time you say something, you have X number of people with social media immediately looking to attack it, that adds to the understandable confusion when you're dealing with an evolving outbreak. So what you were saying, specific to your question, of course when you make recommendations, if the primary goal when you're dealing with a situation where the hospitals were being overrun in New York, intensive care units were being put in hallways, you have to do something that's rather draconian. And sometimes when you do draconian things, it has collateral negative consequences just like when you shut things down even temporarily it does have deleterious consequences on the economy on the school children you know that but you have to make a balance when you're dealing with we know the only way to stop something cold in its tracks is to try and shut things down if you shut things down just for the sake of it that's bad but if you do it with the purpose of being able to regroup so that you can then open up in a more safe way, that's the best way to do it. I mean, are you hearing this? Like, well, we didn't just shut down things for no reason, right? We, we just, we, you know, we had these school closures and these lockdowns and we had to do draconian things as collateral. You just got to deal with it. I'm in charge. This is a guy that truly believes he is more powerful than the president of the United States of America. And this explains to you, this makes you, I think, under, I I think this really makes you understand the mentality specifically of of how Fauci operated and why Fauci operated the way that he did. This is the reason why, right? Fauci was a guy that truly understood. Fauci's a dude that truly understands how it all works. This is how it works. 
You do what you want to do, how you want to do it. You claim it's in the name of public health and science. And if you don't like it, it's draconian. And that's just the way it's going to be. That's how he's describing it, right? I mean, this is, this is really how it's going to play out. And you just go with it and you deal with it. And, that, and, and if you don't like it, it doesn't matter. because when you're, And again, Fauci doesn't care if you like him, right? I mean, I, I mean, he doesn't care if you bust him, if you're making this kind of money and your net worth's going up. I, I go back to Brett Baer. This was back in July, when he called out Fauci for dismissing the COVID lab leak theory. And now we understand why, because he knew that it came from there. He knew his money was going there. He knew that the Wuhan Institute for Virology was funded and gain-of-function research was being funded by the NIH by Fauci. He didn't want us to look there. You've said that you didn't believe uh, that it came from a lab leak in Wuhan. Um, do you refute the accuracy of any of these emails that came out from the Oversight Committee uh, showing top virologists warning you that the virus pointed to gain-of-function research right. and a lab leak? Right. Yeah, but what, no, actually, but what we did, we called a group of highly rated and competent virologists to actually look at that feasibility. They looked at the virus and they said, you know, we've really got to look at this more closely. And I invite you to look and ask any one of those virologists who were there. And when they finally looked at it carefully, they said, you know, upon re-looking at this carefully now, we think it's more likely that it was a natural evolution. And you Could still believe that? There are more and more organizations that point no, right I, to a lab leak. No, no, that's not so, Brad. No, I mean, there are more it people isn't. saying it. It's both, not so at all. Both here and around the, well, around well, the world. More, yeah, but, Brett, more people saying it doesn't mean there's more evidence of it. Now, we always must, and I'll be very official about this, you keep an open mind to any possibility. And I have been of that bent from the very beginning. But if you ask me, and a lot of qualified virologists, looking at the evolution of this and the epidemiological circumstances, you talk to people that have nothing to do with us here. We look at Australian investigators, people from the UK, people from Canada, mm -hmm. they say we have an open mind, well, but it looks very, very much like this was a natural occurrence. I mean, Dr. Fauci, just to be honest, when you, you read those, open mind. when you read those emails, it does not sound like you have an open mind. When you read the email from no, no, um, Kirsten Anderson, who says the unusual features of the virus make yeah. up a real small part of the genome, and one has to right. look really closely at but, the sequences to see that some features look engineered, right. and you say, this is a shiny object and it'll go away. It does not sound like you're open-minded right. to it. Brett, I, I know you're a good person. I know you a long time. If you take a group of emails when people are considering and thinking out loud and you stop there and don't look at the weeks of careful examination by those same people that wrote the emails and then say, you know, now that we've looked at it in the published peer review literature, they explain very clearly why they think it's a natural occurrence. The same people who you stopped at this no, point. I understand, but they're the, the same people that are getting funded by reading, you, by you, getting money from you, and they published a piece <sighs> called The Proximal Origin of yeah. SARS in the Natural yeah. Medicine. Right. Did you help edit that right. piece? 
No, I did not. Okay. I don't, I, but you, this is where it's going. And you, you know that there's a Red, Senator Paul you, and others are calling for you to testify. Oh, yeah. Fine. And will you? But let me tell you, that'll be fine. Because what you need to do, Brett, I know you're better than this. You go to the people who are there. And if you okay. think. I've got to. I, I love this, by the way. I, you're better than this. What? You're telling the truth? I mean, you, Fauci's being called out for dismissing the COVID lab leak theory. When you read those emails, it does not sound like you have an open mind. You're better than this. What? Because I'm reading your emails? I'm reading the emails that say, and, and there's more and more organizations that pointing to a lab link, and, 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 and he says, no, no, that's not so, Brett. Brett says there are more people saying it both here and around the world. But, Brett, more people are saying it doesn't mean there's more evidence of it. Well, there is more evidence to point to that. Well, uh, hold on. You don't, you're better than that. You need to be better than that, right? That's when you know you're losing the argument. Be better than that. Than scientists. I've got to run because I'm going to hit a computer from, brick. Well, you know. I know. Dr. Fauci, thank you for the time. All right, thank you for lying to us. But, hey, if you're Dr. Fauci, who gives a crap, right? You just made a bunch of money being a public servant. Right. You, you, you knew. And the reason why Dr. Fauci did not want this to become a lab leak theory is because then he knew that he was going to be busted for doing research with the communist Chinese government and gain of function research at that. And he knew he was going to be busted when the when it came out that it was all happening. And what was happening? It was all happening. OK, it was all happening. Every bit of it was happening. Because he was the one that was the moron that decided to do gain-of-function research and send our American tax dollars to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And a, a institute that, that always, by the way, on their own website, pledged allegiance to the Chinese Communist government. How do we know that? Because it was on their website. Fauci's Wuhan lab friends held, quote, no compromise communist study sessions. No compromise, folks, at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And now they've removed several articles revealing their deep links to the Chinese Communist Party, including receiving awards from the regime for its effort to, quote, boost party spirit and pledging implementing party goals without compromise during the communist study sessions at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And that's where Dr. Fauci was sending your tax dollars. You're welcome. That's where he was sending it. He was sending it there because why not, right? Why not send it there? It's insane. But this is what they were doing with your money. I want to get to your phone calls. 1-877-381-3811. 1-877-381-3811. Let's get to your phone calls now. I will go to Frank, line three. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Thanks, Ben. Uh, as I said, I just spent third, just under 40 years with the Department of Re- Defense. Started in 81. And at that time, the Code of Ethics was... You weren't allowed to take anything over $5, could be a calendar book or something like that. And when I retired in 2020, it was probably $20 or $25. And none of us that worked in my office would even consider doing that, let alone it was, it was against our law, against our 
uh, employment requirements, and you could get fired. As a matter of fact, at Haiti One, I was in about six months. When at, we were at a contractor's and had a long meeting, so he treated us to lunch. And, like, I was scared. I was, you know, a young guy. And, like, I told my boss, he says, when you go back up there, which I did, I, I dropped off the money what I figured out was my lunch. And that's how our office operated. So there, this is criminal. And it's criminal what these politicians are doing. We had rules to follow, and they had the same rules, and they never follow them. Dude, I remember when I when I worked for the Bush administration, my buddies that were full time at the White House, right? Uh, when we would travel into events, they had to be very careful not to take in not to even when they were given gifts to report it. And then they had to, if they want to keep it, they had to pay the tax on it. They had to log it in. It couldn't be over a certain dollar amount, especially when they were you know flying on foreign trips to the White House. And it was very serious, right? Because that could be, I had a good friend of mine. He worked the White House. He was given, I think it was a Montblanc pen, if I'm not mistaken, in a foreign country. Well, then they come back and they evaluate it. Well, they said since it was given on a presidential trip, it raised the value of the pen to the point where he couldn't afford to take the pen because he couldn't afford the taxes on the pen. And yet, Dr. Fauci is getting $900,000, I may say a million dollars in gifts for standing up to Donald Trump. And they're saying, they're calling them gifts from nonprofits. That is, to me, bribery. That means you are paying to play. You are gaining influence. And imagine if you want to have influence over the entire medical community through the government, just how easy it is to do that if you know that you can just give an award to some dude and they can take the cash. That's a that, that's that's bribery, is it not? Yes, it is. And you need to keep going where you're going. But it seems that we have a lot of stupid Americans in this country. They say, oh, we're, we're, there's, the Americans aren't stupid. Yeah, they're stupid because they allow this to continue. Dude, I did this. I did a deep dive into Fauci and all of the, to use his words, draconian things that he has said and all the dictator and tyrant-like decisions that he has made, right, as a dictator, as a tyrant. And I put it together. We did this months ago on a podcast because I wanted to remind people that this guy truly believed that he is, he is above the rule of law. He truly believes that he is an individual that can be touched by no one. And that's why you act this way. He's a narcissistic psycho. Look at just his, the pictures of himself on the wall, for goodness sakes. Right? I mean, I, I mean how insane is that? That you can actually, that you're, that you're sitting there putting your own pictures on the wall in your office while you're doing interviews. It's like a, it's like a shrine to yourself. That is beyond messed up. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. If you like what I do, please make sure you listen to my podcast as well. It's the Ben Ferguson podcast. Much more coming up. Much Lovin. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty. 
presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. I'll be back with you manana. Uh, and uh, if you want to reach us tonight, you can obviously call us one 381 3811. You can also send me notes on Facebook and Parlor, Twitter, Getter, uh, Instagram, all those. Ben Ferguson Show or Ben Ferguson Podcast. Uh, also on Telegram as well. You can grab me there, Ben Ferguson, uh, on Telegram. So make sure you send us a note. And I do read them, especially the hate mail. I do love the hate mail. Miss Producer, you like the hate mail too, don't you? That's like the that's the highlight of the day is when you get the ignorant people that are sending you angry messages. Like it's just a perk of the job. It really is. It's a perk of the job. So you can send your hate mail there as well. All right. I want to get to your phone calls. Uh, talking about Dr. Fauci and his net wealth has been booming since he be uh, since COVID happened. While he's supposed to be a public servant. Let me go to Vivian in New York City. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. This is such a hot issue. I am delighting in your information. I believe that when the Republican and the Republicans take over the House and the Senate, they should set up uh, an investigation, charge Fauci with crimes like you had mentioned, bribery, illegal profiting of a public servant. And well, here's the thing. Let me be clear, though. I don't know if it's illegal to do what he did. Right. It should be. I don't know if it is, since he's not a court elected official. I would assume there's supposed to be some some ethics guidelines that he has to follow. I don't know, but they should certainly look at them and go, whoa, how did a guy make more money, twice his salary in gifts, than he did working as a public servant? Like, that should at least be brought up, right? Exactly. And then they would make an example out of him if you pay to play we're going to put you in jail. They should do the same thing to Hochul. And you know, did you re- did you? By the way, by the way, you mentioned you mentioned investigations. I got some new news. I'm going to share with you coming up uh, about um, <laughs> the president's son. I got some new news on Hunter Biden. We're going to have that for you coming up. Hour two of the Mark of Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. You can send me your notes. Like I said, on all the social media platforms. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Welcome, it is Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He will be back with you tomorrow. And she's crazy, y'all. Nancy Pelosi is a nut job. She went on late night. Not that anyone's watching, but she went on late night. I guess that's where the crazies hang out. And is actually now predicting on the late show that the Democrats are, in fact, going to keep control of the House after the November midterm elections. This in spite of the fact that Democrats are having a hard time raising money anywhere right now. They're having a really hard time raising money. They're having a hard time and, and not just raising money, but they're having a hard time on the basic issues like crime. Fetterman, for example, gave another incoherent response as a as the interviewer noted he's using closed captioning. Listen to this. We just got this excerpt. It's because there's so much is at stake here in this race, and that's why we're staying in this, and that's why we think and we know that it's so much critical that we need somebody that can actually lives in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I mean, the guy's reading it, folks. John Fennerman giving another incoherent response, just like the president. And this is who they're running. And they know there's problems now, right? I mean, you look at the, how insane the Democrats have gotten. Just at the inequality re- response to Hurricane Katrina. We're going to give money to minorities, but not to white folk. Right? One representative was talking with Harris Faulkner today and mentioned that, how bad this is, how bad it looks for the Democrats. Listen. You and I have had many talks about FEMA and aid for people in need. Last time it was about baby formula. This time it's about Hurricane Ian. Your first thoughts when you heard the vice president of the United States make those comments? Well, good to see you, Harris. And honestly, at this point, I feel like the White House needs to hire Mr. Clean for their spokesperson, because clearly all that job entails is cleaning up the mess of the president and the vice president. She needs to go back to the salad bar and rework her word salad, as she has been known to do, because she is absolutely out of line to suggest that aid after this disastrous once in five year uh, storm is going to be based on equity or race. Or, or, or socioeconomic status. We're here for all Americans, not just Republicans or Democrats, all Americans. So we're doing what good Americans do. We're responding to our friends and neighbors in need. And it's just disgusting that they would try to politicize this, just as they tried to do that last Friday when they sent $2 billion of FEMA money to the border. That is ridiculous. On the same day that Hurricane Ian smacked mm. my home state, it's a real shame Harris. Yeah. She's right, by the way. I feel like the White House needs to hire Mr. Clean for their spokesperson after she's saying, well, we should only help the people that look like me. That's, by the way, racism. I don't know why it's so hard for people to say it, but it's true. Clearly, the, the, the vice president of the United States of America is a racist. Because when you look at a national, a disaster, a tragedy, and talk about the way that she talks about it, right? And then sits there and is like, yeah, we're totally fine talking about this way. This is this is not something that she's embarrassed by. Where's the apology? And imagine what you would think to yourself, right? That Imagine, you know, what you would think 
If you're sitting there in Florida and you're of the wrong race of Kamala Harris's liking, and this is what she tells you. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impacted by, by issues that are not of their own making. And so we... Absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. People clapping is the other part of that clip. You heard it there at the very end. There were people that were actually clapping. Now, FEMA director had to assure all communities will get Hurricane Ian relief following Harris's uh, equity comments because they understood that this freaked out Americans. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making and so we absolutely and so this is this is when you play it and you listen to it the second time it's race it's racism it's picking winners and losers based on the color of their skin based in a time of need and now you've got the FEMA director who's had to come out and, and basically assure all communities hey we're not doing what the vice president said. And one of the things that uh, I have known and I have experienced responding to other disasters, that there are people that often have a hard time accessing our programs. There's barriers to our program. And one of our focus areas um, since I've been in office is to make sure that we're removing those barriers. So these people that need our help the most are going to be able to access the help that, that we offer. I know that the vice president and the president, they share these same values. And again, I was on the ground uh, Friday and Saturday and I committed to the governor then that we are going to provide assistance to all Floridians because we know that there are people that are just completely devastated from the storm we are going to be there to support everybody that needs help everybody that needs help FEMA director got to rush out there and try to make sure people don't believe that they're only going to get money based on if they're the color of their skin Nicholas Belassi tried asking the VP Harris to elaborate what she meant by calling for equity with a hurricane and disaster relief funds. How did that go? Listen. Vice President, can you clarify what you meant about equity for hurricane relief? Yeah, there's your response. Nothing. She did not respond for any other reason than she actually believes it. She believes what she said, that we should pick winners and losers and only write checks to certain people that she likes. Why would you say that? Because you're buying votes. That was her way of saying, black community, Hispanic community, you better vote for us. We'll take better care of you than that white dude up there, right? We'll take better care of you than any of those white candidates on the right, than, the, than those conservative candidates, right? We want to get you paid, just make sure you vote for us, right? Because if you don't vote for us, well, then you know you're you're, you're going to be you sh- you're screwed. You don't vote for us, ha ha. Springs me back to what I mentioned earlier about Nancy Pelosi. 
Nancy Pelosi's out there. She's saying, oh, no, we're going to win this thing. You, you are? Oh, yeah. We're going to keep the House. She's on late night. And, and listen to the sucking up, by the way, from the host of The Late Show, Stephen Colbert. He's got poll numbers, by the way, that he could point to. Hey, you know, look, Speaker, things do not look good for you and give those numbers. Or you could just say, hey, the numbers seem to be very uh, overwhelming right now. Or the numbers don't look great. You could just give the facts, right? That's all. That's, you could just make it that simple. You could just say, here are the facts. These are the facts uh, that we have. This is what the facts look like. He could say that. Is he going to say that? No. Listen carefully. Or you were speaker from uh, 2007 to 2011, and then once again in 2017, because the Republicans controlled for those six years or seven years in between. Um, in 2018, when you were sitting right there in that chair, you came on here and you predicted mm-hmm. that the Democrats were going to pick up seats in the Congress on a large scale. They did. They picked up 40 seats in, in the House, a real wave. What is your prediction for the election that's a little bit more than a month away. Madam Speaker, you have the floor. Okay, thank you very much. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question because I believe that we will win the ha- hold the ha- house. And we will hold the house by winning more seats. Uh, we won the 40 seats. Then we lost some when Trump was on the ballot. We lost some in the Trump districts. Uh, but we held, an, held enough seats to hold the House with him on the ballot. He's not on the ballot now. Oh, did I say his name? I didn't mean to. <laughs> there it is. That's what they have to offer America right there. Divide no matter what. Divide, divide, divide. It's not much of a game plan, is it? There is something they have accomplished, and I got to say, they did a great job. I got a text message earlier today. No, it was it was a news flash. Let me let me rephrase that. I got a news alert to my phone earlier today. Fox News report shows the U.S. national debt has passed thirty-one trillion for the first time in history. We're also being told that some international banks are also having some problems right now with the interest rates that are going up. And Japan urges citizens to take shelter immediately following North Korea missile launch, because that's just totally normal, right? That's something that is always normal, that just happens on a normal day-to-day basis when you have a lack of leadership. We have a guy that's walking around, doesn't know where he is, and the president of the United States of America, and we're also being told that he says he's going to run again. Apparently, he told Al Sharpton in private, he's running. Told him in private, Al Sharpton released it today, that he is going to run. By the way, I don't think the Democrats are going to take back the House, or keep it, I should say. I think they're going to lose it, and I think the reason why is pretty clear crime in this country, our economy, food costs, and inflation. It's the economy stupid and it's safety. Look at Chicago, for example, and I'm going to tell you more about this story in a moment, but the revolving door of justice is out of control. A Chicago convict has been arrested for the 15th time this year and was in custody a week before, but the activists left keep letting him out of jail. 15 arrests this year. 15! 
All because he's in a liberal woke city with activist DAs that were put there by George Soros. You get what you paid for, folks. You, you play stupid games and you win stupid prizes. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. All right, welcome back. Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark tonight. He'll be back with you tomorrow. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we are going to be joined by U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, good friend of mine. He has just uh, called upon doctors and members of the American Medical Association to resign now and demand your dues be refunded. Why? Because the American Medical Association, the AMA, is asking big tech and the Department of Justice to censor, deplatform, investigate, and prosecute journalists who question the orthodoxy of radical gender surgeries for minors, arguing that public criticism is, quote, disinformation. We're going to have him on at the bottom of the hour to talk about that coming up. You do not want to miss this. Also, I want to get back to your phone calls. The number one... 877-381-3811. You can also send me your comments on Twitter, Ben Ferguson Show, on Parlor Getter, Ben Ferguson Show, or Ben Ferguson Podcast, Instagram as well. Uh, Make sure you follow us, me there, and send me your comments. Let me get back to your phone calls now. Let me go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Welcome. You are on the Mark Venture Show, Ben Ferguson, with you tonight. Hi. Hi. Uh, if anybody ever deserved cruel and unusual punishment, which is illegal, but if anybody ever deserved it, Fauci would be at the top of the list along with Hillary. Now, what Fauci did, he taught our enemy how to make a virus more contagious. So gain of function, the virus functions, it has to penetrate cells. So a virus penetrates cells. They made a way to make a virus penetrate cells more and to spread further. When the Chinese communists put that technology on a more deadly virus, they could defeat us without an open war with rifles and guns and stuff like that. So 
Well, what, I mean, look, at, look at the loss of life. It, I mean, we're, look at the loss of life, to use Fauci's numbers, right? I mean, we're talking about millions of people that died, and there's been zero accountability for the Chinese Communist government for not only them not protecting the world, because once they knew it was going to get out, right, they didn't close their borders. They made sure this thing went everywhere because it was basically, I think, for them, it's like, well, hey— if we're going down, you're going down, too. If we're going to have to go into lockdowns, you're going to go into lockdowns, too. We're not going to take this thing on the chin. We're going to let it get to everybody. Then we will uh, cover it up as well. But I, I, they had no intention of saving people's lives. None whatsoever. You know, the Chinese communists in the last three years between the heroin, the fentanyl and the virus, the Chinese communists killed twice as many Americans as we lost in World War II, Korea, Vietnam and all the anti-terror wars. So without having an open war with bombs and bullets, they killed twice as many as we lost in all the wars since, including World War II. That's absolutely amazing. So the virus penetrates the cells. What Fauci did basically was like a biological rape where our cells and our bodies got penetrated by a foreign enemy we are we are really in big trouble we well, are, and, the, and the think trouble about what so- type of imbecile and, and i mean that when i say it that way what type of imbecile thinks it's a good idea to give sin money to the chinese communist government for gain of function research well, it got their guy out of the—they uh, got uh, helped get Trump out of the White House besides election fraud and everything else. This is part of the overall world communist movement. Kill us with the virus, kill us with uh, the drugs, the heroin, the fentanyl. Now, fentanyl is a gain of function, function of opioids. So they take something that's already deadly and dangerous and make it function at a higher level. So we funded the helping our enemy in their chemical and biological warfare against us. Now, China's communist China's on record years ago. If half the world died in a nuclear war, it would not be such a bad thing because the new world would be communist. To them, mass murder is 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 moral because if it helps the cause, they help get their nemesis. I get out it. Of the White I, House. I'm not trying to cut you off. I, I get it, and I'm gonna. And by the way, we're going to be talking about fentanyl. We're going to be talking uh, about this with Senator Ted Cruz coming up next. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. You can follow me on social media. And if you like what I'm doing tonight, I'd love for you to follow my podcast, Ben Ferguson Podcasting. Download it anywhere. We'll be back with Senator Ted Cruz next. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. 
Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in the great one. He'll be with us tomorrow, back with us tomorrow. And we are just weeks away from the midterm election. So what does it look like out there on the road? I thought it'd be perfect to bring on a man who's on the road. U.S. Senator from Texas, Senator Ted Cruz. He's on the Truth and Courage Pack. Take Back America Tour as we speak. Senator, as always, it's a pleasure to have you with us tonight. Uh, where are you in the country, by the way? Well, Ben, great to be with you. I am in Tucson, Arizona right now, and we're on day four of our national bus tour. We're going to 17 states. So we started in Tomball, Texas, just north of Houston. Then we went to McAllen, Texas, down in the Rio Grande Valley, then to Harlingen, Texas, in the Rio Grande Valley, then to Laredo, Texas. Then, then we went yesterday to New Mexico. Today we're in Arizona, and from here we go to Nevada and then Utah and then Missouri, and then Kansas, and then Iowa, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Florida, and then back to Michigan, Wisconsin, and we ended in Texas. I, I got to ask you, and please try not to laugh, but this is a real quote. Nancy Pelosi said on late night television last night that, quote, the Democrats will keep the House after the November midterm, she says she has no doubt that's going to happen. The audience went nuts when she said it. And I want a real analysis from you. You're out there. What is the mood of the people that you're visiting with? I know the border is obviously an important issue. I know fentanyl is an important issue. I know that crime is an important issue. Uh, and you even tweeted out earlier, and, and I, and I want to get your take on this as well. The, the, the American Medical Association is now asking big tech and the Department of Justice to censor, deplatform, investigate, and prosecute journalists who question the orthodoxy of radical gender surgeries for minors arguing that public criticism is quote disinformation and you put out a moment ago if you're a doctor if you're a member of the american medical association all caps resign now and demand your dues be refunded i couldn't agree with you more but are the american people i mean pelosi is she is she right that they're going to keep some seats or are you seeing something totally different out there well, you know, often the late-night uh, comedy shows, they, they film them in the afternoon. And, and given that Pelosi was on it, uh, I, I assume that day she started drinking early. Uh, because that, that's about <laughs> the only explanation for what she had to say. Um, I, I mean, it, it, it is delusional. It ain't going to happen. Republicans are going to retake the House. And, and I think we're going to retake the House with somewhere between 30 and 50 seats. I think it's going to be a big red wave. I think it is going to be on the order of magnitude of 2010 or 2014. Uh, every one of these rallies we're doing that we've done, we're doing them with congressional candidates and Senate candidates, and we're seeing packed crowds. We're seeing standing room only, and there is energy and enthusiasm because the disastrous agenda we're seeing from Biden and Harris and Pelosi and Schumer People are fed up and they want to change. And, and look, you, you look at the AMA's letter. I mean, it is an absolute abuse, and it's very much the same sort of thing 
the National Association of School Boards did when they asked uh, the Department of Justice, go after parents, treat them as domestic terrorists, use the Patriot Act. And, and Merrick Garland saluted and said, sir, yes, sir, and directed the FBI to, to, to go target moms and dads. This is now the AMA is trying to get, get, get the Biden DOJ to do the same thing. It's a complete abuse of power, and, and, and it is disgraceful. You just saw what happened at Vanderbilt, and this obviously, I think, is, yeah. is part of their response, where they were they were using chemical castration and doing horrific things to children at Vanderbilt Medical. Uh, they even had these uh, basically watchdogs that were watching people at Vanderbilt if they spoke out against what they were doing to children, telling them that you don't belong at Vanderbilt. It's going to be problematic if you uh, claim that you have a religious, basically, objection or a moral objection to doing these things saying you're it's going to cost you your career and then you fast forward a week later and the american medical association saying hey doj not only do we want you to investigate but we want to actually we want you to actually prosecute those who call out gender surgeries online what would they be prosecuted for i mean you're you're a, you're a guy that's an attorney how would they weaponize and what would they charge you with if you and i have this conversation right now and they say yeah this applies you guys are going to be charged what would it be? I, I have no idea. You could you could try to sue someone civilly for defamation if it was false, but the problem is it's not false. They're doing it. They advertise it on their own damn websites. And, and look, for a long time, human rights advocates have rightly decried genital mutilation as a human rights abuse. You, you see uh, radical Islamists who, who engage in genital mutilation of children, and, and it is universally recognized as abhorrent uh, and, and incredibly abusive. Well, now we have so-called hospitals that are in the same business. I mean, look, a child lacks the maturity, lacks the ability to make a decision to cut it off. I mean, that, that's irreversible. There ain't nothing you go back from when that happens. And, and you've got these hospitals that are in that business, little girls, little boys, that they're sterilizing. That child, when they're done with that operation, that child is never having their own child. And, and that is child abuse. It is horrific. And, and, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine earlier today, and he, he, he was laughing, saying, you know, a few years back, he pointed to things like this as the slippery slope. Well, we are down that slope, and it is happening today. It's truly unbelievable just how sick. And now we're finding out that Planned Parenthood uh, wants to set up literal trailers on the border of states that do not allow uh, for uh, abortions on demand. And, and, and I have to you, know, you look at this election, this midterm. If you've ever needed a reason to go vote, Senator, this is the reason why you show up and vote in the midterms when you have, uh, you know, these psychos. And that's the only word I know to use, and that's me putting it mildly, that are advocating for for child mutilation, right? Uh, The way that you just described it. And then you look at Planned Parenthood. They're out there raising money saying, help us set up trailers. Help us put trailers out there on these borders so that you can come right across the state line and we'll kill a baby. And they're fundraising off of it to support other liberal Democratic candidates in the midterms. Look, it, it, it is horrific. And the left has gotten so extreme on every issue. They, they, they've gone to the radicals. They, they've gone to, to, to the nutcases. Uh, on the border, it's open borders. 
uh, on on sex and gender. It, it, it's now radically embracing sterilizing children. Um, on abortion, they support unlimited abortion up till the moment of birth, and in some instances, after birth. I mean, that is, it wasn't that long ago that Bill Clinton in the State of the Union said he wanted abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. That's no longer the Democrat Party position. They don't want it to be rare. They want it to be celebrated as, as a wonderful thing. You look at Gavin Newsom, who, who is now, I guess, the leading advocate of taking the lives of unborn children in the country, and it is proselytizing in, in other states. It, it is twisted. And, and I think the reaction to that is going to be the pendulum's going to swing the other direction. I think I think the American people, they're very unhappy about out-of-control inflation. They're very unhappy uh, about crime rates that are skyrocketing. They're very unhappy about the chaos at the southern border. Everything these guys touch turns to garbage. Yeah, and no doubt about it. Senator, you guys are on this bus tour, and if you if you want to see the senator uh, and many local leaders as he's going to be on this tour, check it out. Truth and Courage Pack bus tour. You can find it. Uh, look on social media accounts of, of the senator, and you can find it there. You guys are going to be in Vegas, but you mentioned you're in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, and this is, I think, a core issue that is now nationwide. Um, there are two aspects of this. One, we have an open border, and it's not just the number of illegals coming across. The most that we've ever seen in history are coming across now under this president's guidance. But the, the amount of fentanyl that is coming across the border that is killing yeah. uh, more people, 35 and under, than anything else. It, it, and it, I was talking to a doctor earlier today. He said that he's, he told me, he said, Ben, we're running out of Narcan in many of the ambulances because they're using it so quickly and we're having a hard time getting it because they're having to use it so often you look at this and there's a two-part thing one this president is allowing for the number one killer of young people to be fentanyl but we're also allowing for china to send this into the cartels in mexico across the border and we're not doing a damn thing to stop it And, and and i'm i'm assuming that people are talking to you about this on the road yes look people are furious and and i'll tell you the Rio Grande Valley, a prediction that I made a year ago, and I'm even more emphatic about it today, this election, this November, South Texas is turning red. And, and that is a generational shift. If you look at, you remember we had a special election in South Texas a couple of months ago, a district that, that starts just south of Corpus Christi, goes all the way down to Brownsville, the southern tip of Texas, right on the Mexican border. That is a district that has not elected a Republican since 1871, a long time. And it is the most Hispanic district in the entire country. The special election, a Republican won, Myra Flores, an Hispanic woman. I was down there campaigning with Myra a couple of days ago. Myra, I believe, is going to win re-election. The district next to her, Monica De La Cruz, a Republican, I think is going to get elected. The district next to her, Cassie Garcia, a Republican, is going to get elected. And we're going to have three Republicans, all representing districts that, that for over 100 years, all three of those districts have been Democrat. All three, I believe, are turning red, and they're all going to be represented by Latinas who are passionate about securing the border. Two of the three, Myra and Cassie, are married to Border Patrol agents. They see the human misery. They see the suffering. They see the death and the fentanyl. Over 100,000 people died of overdoses last year. And, and Joe Biden 
not only is not doing anything to stop it, he's actively facilitating it because the open border policies that, that he has put in place are why the, the, the drugs are flooding across the border. Lastly, I want to ask you about these new details. And do you think we will ever get anywhere with an investigation? Anthony Fauci, and this broke earlier today, his net worth apparently has increased over 70 percent to twelve point seven million dollars since the covid pandemic. This on top of new information that shows that Fauci supplemented his governmental income with nearly a million dollars. And this is the quote in prizes prizes, Senator, from nonprofit organizations such as the Dan David Foundation, which awarded him, and this is a quote, $109,400 for, quote, speaking truth to power and, quote, defending science during the Trump administration. How is he able to keep that $901,400 of, and they're calling it prize money, while he's supposed to be a public servant? It is ridiculous. It is an abuse of power. Dr. Fauci is the single most destructive and damaging bureaucrat in the history of our nation. No one is responsible for more damage. No one is responsible for more jobs being destroyed. No one is responsible for hurting more children. Fauci happily uh, acted as a henchman for the teachers union bosses advocated school shutdowns tens of millions of kids were hurt by those school shutdowns and 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 fauci also i believe very likely has has committed felonies of lying to congress under oath i have called on the department of justice to investigate and prosecute him and given how corrupt this doj is i've called on the attorney general to appoint a special counsel because we cannot trust this attorney general to do anything more than, I don't know, maybe write a, write a check for one of these prize monies. I, I, you, you ask, can we do anything about it? I'll tell you one thing we're going to do about it. When we have Republican majorities in the House and the Senate next year, you're going to see hearings, you're going to see investigations, you're going to see subpoena power, and we need to hold them to account. And, and, and it's the reason I'm on the road virtually every day between now and Election Day because I want to do everything humanly possible to turn people out. And, and let me encourage your listeners. Number one, if you're in any of the states we're coming to, come to the rallies and you can get the entire schedule uh, and an interactive map of where we'll be on the website tcbustour.com. And so you can go and, 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 and find out where we'll be. And, and, and I'll say, secondly, if you want to support financially the efforts to turn people out, you can go to my website, tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org, because we are, are, are doing everything humanly possible to win, to turn people out, because our country's hanging in the balance. It's so important. I'll be joining you out in Las Vegas on Thursday. You'll be heading to Utah with Mike Lee after that on Friday, Kansas City uh, as well after that, and then moving straight across the country, uh, Iowa, and, and is going and then, I mean, the list goes on and on. One more time, where is it, that the website again, for people that want to find out where you're going to be heading, Senator? It is TC bustour.com tcbustour.com and you can get free tickets to any of the rallies at anywhere that we're going
Senator, good luck. Be safe on the road. I'll see you out there in Vegas in a few days. And uh, congrats for finding some great candidates and supporting uh, the grassroots team like you talked about, especially in the Rio Grande Valley. It's going to be a really fun election in the midterms. And I'll see you real, real soon. Thanks for coming on. Take care. Thanks again. Bye-bye. All right. We'll take a very quick break. We'll come right back. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. Much more after this. Mark Levin. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. Welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. The Great One will be back with you tomorrow. The U.S. national debt is now really bad. How bad is it? I'll let you hear it from Brett Baird Fox. The U.S. national debt is now more than $31 trillion, with a T, the highest it's ever been. The new record was revealed in a Treasury Department report. It comes amid runaway inflation, two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth, and surging interest rates. Congratulations. That's Biden's America for you. But don't worry. He'll tell you we're headed right in the right direction. Everything's fine. Steve Moore also predicts that gas prices will go back well above $4 a gallon because of two things. One, worldwide supply shortages and also the fact that the fake <laughs> and, and this is a big story that everybody should have been talking about, but they haven't been. We've been dumping a million barrels a day to artificially reduce the price of gas into the market from our strategic petroleum reserves. That all stops once the election happens, and that's going to make prices skyrocket as well. So don't look now, but gas prices are creeping back up again. The national average for regular jumping six cents in the past week to $3.80 a gallon. According to AAA, that's up. 60 cents from a year ago, but the White House still pointing out that it is below the all-time high of $5 a gallon, which we hit in June. Don't worry. It's all fine, right? Because this guy, the president, he's got it, right? No problems at all. Yeah. No problems at all. Unbelievable. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Don't forget to follow me on social media, Ben Ferguson Show, and download my podcast. Do you like what I do? Download the Ben Ferguson podcast wherever you get your podcast. More coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read this secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution. 
against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read The War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this War on Cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Drama in Georgia. That's the best way you can describe it right now in the Georgia Senate race. As the media is obsessed with an unnamed source, accusation against one person, but Raphael Warnock's ex-wife has accused him of injuring her and saying he's a great actor. Is the media covering it? No. The Georgia Senate race is heating up following the establishment media airing accusations against Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker. All the while, the same establishment media is totally ignoring the new domestic controversies swirling around Herschel Walker's opponent, Senator Raphael Warnock. He's a Democrat. Walker appeared on Hannity last night reacting to a report from the Daily Beast, which talked to an anonymous woman who claimed that Walker not only encouraged her to abort their child in 09, but actually paid for it. When questioned on the show about whether he knew who the woman was, he said, I have no idea, but it's a flat-out lie. And now you know how important this seat is. The seat's very important, and they'll do anything, referring to Democrats, to win the seat. They'll lie because they want to make it about everything else except what the true problems that we have in this country are. Inflation, the border, wide open, and crime. Meanwhile, while they're obsessing over that story, you have the other story. Georgia Democrat Raphael Warnock's ex-wife on his character after he allegedly ran over her with his car, at least her foot, saying, quote, I've tried to keep the way he acts under wraps for a long time. And today, across the line, he's a great actor. He is phenomenal at putting on a really good show. Yeah. But don't worry, the media is not going to cover that story because that's a story that no one wants to talk about. We also have another problem, and that's the economy, and it's something that we should be talking about, just how bad things are. Remember, the president of the United States of America wanted you to believe that everything was hunky-dory with gas prices, right? That you should give him uh, praise for taking $5 a gallon gas and moving it back down. Well, it's temporary. That's what the analysts now believe, and there are shortages worldwide. Why? Because we refuse to be energy independent, which is what we were under Donald Trump, and the new Biden regime has said no. They want you to suffer and submit to their green religion. That's what it is. The national average gallon of gas is going back up. And when I was in California earlier this week, I saw it for the first time in my life, in real life, like with my own eyes, not on a computer, but in real life, I looked at a sign and it was over $6 a gallon for unleaded gasoline in California right now. 
Now, the prices are going to go up even more after the election. We know this because the strategic oil reserves have been artificially flooding the market with cheap gas to lower the price, or I should say cheap oil to lower the price. Steve Moore is now predicting that gas prices will go way back above $4 a gallon because of the economic conditions we're in and the policies of this administration. This is the national average for a gallon of regular gas is going up week over week. Look at this. Gas prices are creeping back up again. The national average for regular jumping six cents in the past week to $3.80 a gallon. According to AAA, that's up 60 cents from a year ago. But the White House still pointing out that it is below the all-time high of $5 a gallon, which we hit in June. Thanks to this president's efforts we, and his, his historic actions that he has taken, energy prices have declined uh, sharply from their highs, and American consumers are paying far less at the pump uh, than they were uh, several months ago. And it's, again, it's because of the historic steps that this president has taken. All right, with that, we bring in Stephen Moore, former senior economic advisor to President Trump, founder of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and senior economic contributor for FreedomWorks. Steve, good to have you with us. Um, so what is, what's making the upward pressure on prices right now? Well, first of all, I mean, it's almost laughable that the Biden administration says they're taking all these steps to lower gas prices because almost every step they've taken since Biden has come into office has been to reduce American supply of oil. You know the first thing that Joe Biden did when he was president when he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. So the the but gas prices are rising again, and I, th- I predict they're going to go back up above $4 a gallon, um, is because you just got a worldwide reduction in the supply. And you saw what the Saudis announced just the other day, that they're going to cut back on production because they want to get that price back up to, you know, about 4 to 4.50 a gallon. You know, we have a new study that just came out literally yesterday at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity where we estimate that if we had just stuck with the Trump you know, pro-America production oil and gas policies, we would be producing about three million more barrels a day. And if you did that, by the way, we wouldn't have to deplete the uh, strategic petroleum reserve, which as you know, I mean, you've covered this, we are now at a lowest level in the strategic petroleum reserve since 1984. 1984. I want you to think about what that means for this country. If the, the whole point of having a strategic oil reserve is if there is something that happens, some sort of X factor, something that you don't see coming, that you are taken care of and you can be self-sufficient with the oil reserves, right? There, look at the rockets yesterday that are flying over Japan. These are the types of things that can change the world in a moment. Look at what Russia is talking about right now with nuclear war with Ukraine or using nuclear weapons. These are the things that can change things drastically at a moment's notice. This is why we have strategic oil reserves. And we are raiding them right now clearly on purpose just so the Biden administration can try to save some Democrats in the midterms. And as soon as you vote... That those strategic oil reserves will disappear. They will stop going into the market. And then we're going to have to replenish them, paying a higher price to replenish them. All because they're playing politics ahead of the election. Now, I want you to listen to the second part that Steve Moore has to say on Fox as well about what this means moving forward with gas prices. 
It's become a, it's, it's, they're using it as a policy to increase supply. It's supposed to be an emergency valve. Well put. Just in case, you know, in a desperate That's situation, right. the United States can't get our hands on oil for our own energy, that we have the ability to tap into that. We have to pay it back. We have to yep. put it back into the SPI. Yep. Um, but it, it appears, and, and I, I think that's the policy that Corinne Jean-Pierre is referring to yeah. when she says we, we brought prices down yeah. by tapping into that. So they just announced uh, earlier today that uh, they're going to probably stop taking oil out of the strategic re reserve because it's so low. The problem there is when you ask me why the prices are going up, guess what? Once you reduce that supply of oil coming out of the strategic reserve, that's also going to push gas prices back up. So it's it's not a pretty picture when it comes to energy. And it's self-inflicted roots. We should just be producing all the oil and gas we have in North Dakota and Oklahoma and Texas and West Virginia. We're just not doing it. Yeah, it, it's interesting because um, when you look at that policy change, I always wonder why when you come into office you don't sort of say, okay, everybody, show me what show me what's working, show me what's not working, show me what aligns with what we said we were going to do if we came into office. But instead, you know, they shut it all down right out of the gate. And clearly, now they've got an inflation problem that's, that's bearing down on them five weeks from election. And don't forget, who are the biggest winners from this policy of Biden of shutting down American oil and gas? The Russians, the Saudis and the Chinese and the Iranians. And so we're, we're kind of playing into the hands of our enemy. When we have a president who has to go prostrate to the Saudis and ask them to increase their oil output, there's something wrong. Why not go to Texas? Why not go to West Virginia? Well, and, Why not and go and to Oklahoma and say, to you Saudis, increase your energy Yeah, exactly. Output. The plea to the Saudis it. clearly didn't work because uh, they might have loosened it up a little bit, but now they're trying to back up again. back on supply. Um, now they're cutting back on supply. This goes back to what Donald Trump said. I mean, this was a couple years ago. Donald Trump said a couple of years ago that and he warned Germany and with oil. Right. I mean, this happened. Uh, this happened several years ago when he gave a direct warning to Germany that, hey, guys, you might want to pay attention. This could get really bad for you guys with oil and gas because you are dependent on on Russia and that is a dumb move that's how he described it he was like this is really stupid you should understand how stupid this is you're you're putting yourself in a bad situation then we find out that in Germany they're now warning they may run out of oil and gas in that country for heating this winter and they're begging their citizens to basically hold on for a second right they're they're telling them wait you know hold on Germany has has been sitting there knowing that they were be, they could be held hostage and they didn't care. And when the president said it, by the way, there were people that laughed at him for saying this. When 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 he was saying this, when when Trump was talking uh, about Russian gas, right? And he and he was warning the rest of the world. He was right, by the way. When he said it, he was spot on. He scolded Germany for buying gas from Russia, saying, what are you doing? Right? You guys are setting yourselves up for a disaster. And now Germany's coming out going, yeah, hey, we may run out of, uh, of heating oil this winter because of this, these two pipelines that have clearly been blown up and may be totally ruined if they don't fix them fast enough because of the corrosion of the, of the salt water that gets in the pipelines. I do think that Germany is putting themselves at a tremendous disadvantage when 50, 60, or even 70% of their energy is being supplied by Russia. Yes, I don't know how you can do that. The power can block the pipeline. You can just 
Well, Germany, no, no, let me, let me explain it differently. Germany has the power to block it. You know how they block it? By not buying it. I mean, Germany made a decision to buy a tremendous percentage of their energy from Russia. Germany, whether they should be doing that or not, they're the ones that have the power to block it. They shouldn't buy it. Or if they want to, they can. But that's really a decision of Germany. I'm not saying that I would be in favor. I think the German people aren't very happy about it because it really makes Germany a hostage of Russia if things ever happened that were bad. Hopefully that will never be. He says, hopefully that'll never happen. But he says that they easily could be held hostage. Now, look at the headlines from Bloomberg. Germany is preparing for, quote, an unthinkable scenario. European governments and companies move to bolster security around their energy assets after the Nord Stream 1 and 2 blasts. As the German Navy was deployed to investigate the suspected sabotage of that pipeline, which could be ruined because if they don't fix it fast enough and clean out those lines, the salt water will destroy them. European nations and others in the region are now terrified that they may actually run out of the gas and the oil needed to, to literally heat their homes saying that this situation is dire. They're also warning the citizens now that you need to start reserving, preserving the gas that, you, that you're using because otherwise we're all going to run out. Denmark expects all the remaining gas to have left the ruptured Nord Stream pipeline on Sunday after far more than half has already escaped into the Baltic Sea. The methane emissions will be equal to about 32% of Denmark's annual greenhouse gas discharges, they're being told. That's what the head of the Danish Energy Agency said in a briefing. And Germany is now preparing for months for there to be serious threats to their infrastructure. The German interior minister said the government in Berlin had for months also been preparing to counter threats to the country's energy infrastructure and called for the alleged acts of sabotage. On the Nord Stream pipelines to be cleared up quickly and comprehensively, saying, quote, we have to prepare for scenarios that were unthinkable until recently. Federal and state security authorities are very vigilant and always act in accordance with the current situation, they said, adding that police are on constantly on patrol in the North and Baltic seas. Clearly not good enough. Norway boosts defense of oil and gas industry after this happened as well, because they're being held hostage. And the U.S. has also urges high alert after the pipeline sabotage. This is what we have when you rely on someone like Vladimir Putin. And Donald Trump was right. He was right to scold Germany for buying oil and gas. All right, I mean, he said it, and I'm going to play this part again because he's, he, he warned you back in 2019 and 2020, stop being reliant on Vladimir Putin. A stronger signal sent to Russia is the fact that Germany is paying Russia billions of dollars to purchase energy from Russia and uh, through the pipeline. And I'm saying, what's that all about? You're spending billions of dollars to Russia, then we're supposed to defend you from Russia. So I think it's a very bad, I think the people of Germany are very unhappy about it. I have many friends from Germany and uh, the people in Germany are very unhappy about it. They don't like it, but that's what they chose to do. So they're spending billions of dollars to buy Russian energy, and then we're supposed to defend them from Russia. So that doesn't work too well. 
That doesn't work too well. He's absolutely right. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. So during the break, Mr. Producer and I are chatting. You know, Elon Musk and the buy, I guess, of Twitter is back on. Is that what we're hearing now? I guess that's what's happening. So now we're all, all of us are all of a sudden losing like a lot of Twitter followers. Since we started the show, I've lost like 4,000 Twitter followers tonight. I'm, I'm watching it go down. Like as we speak, I keep refreshing and I'm like losing 100, losing 200. I wonder if they're like getting rid of like all the like the conservatives, like purging us beforehand. I'm just I'm just curious. I wonder if Mr. Producer, let's uh, let's see who can get more in the next five minutes. All right. You what what is your Twitter account? And I'll, I'll pimp it for you on your behalf. At Rich Cementa. OK. And then. Uh, at Rich Valdez, there you go. So you guys can do that, and mine's at Ben Ferguson Show. Let's see if we can actually go up like one person. Uh, and at Mark Levin Show, we'll see. Maybe we're all just screwed now, right? Um, <laughs> maybe. Maybe, right? Also, Facebook and Instagram doesn't want people to see Fauci's net worth increase during COVID. Um, apparently, they're saying there's false information if you post the story that I talked about earlier. I kid you not. Uh, Breitbart put it up there earlier as it broke, and now they're saying it has false information if you share it. Yeah, because let's protect him at all costs, right? Also, we've got a copy now of the letter sent to Merrick Garland from the uh, American uh, Academy of Pediatrics and American Medical Association. Uh, This is to the Department of Justice and the Attorney General. We've got the letter. I'm going to read it for you coming up next. And during the break, let's see if Twitter's broken. See if you can follow me at Ben Ferguson Show, at Mark Levin Show, Richie Rich, Rich Valdez. It's all on there. You can find it. See if, see if it, I got a follower. Holy crap. One of you. We got a whole follower, Mr. Producer. A whole follower. Fight back, conservatives. More coming up. Mark Levin. An unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. As I mentioned earlier, uh, I just got several text messages. Other people are also seeing uh, Twitter losses tonight conservatives that are following them, they're just like disappearing. Um, so uh, we just tried something there a moment ago. I said, if you're on Twitter, go follow, you know, Rich Valdez, you know, uh, follow me, follow. And you picked up, how many did you pick up, Mr. Producer? What'd you get? It's like s- only three people. All right. So we're at 300 plus 400 radio stations. You're telling me we couldn't all pick up one follower per radio station. Something's up at Twitter, my friends. I'm just telling you. You can try it. I'm not even sure. Somebody just said they can't even find us. You can, If you can find me at Ben Ferguson Show, and you can see if it's working. But apparently with a Twitter buyback on, they're, they're going in now, and they're attacking the conservatives. I'm just saying, go look and see. I'm not even sure. Uh, somebody just said, Ben, I just searched for you. You're verified, right? I'm like, yeah. This is through Facebook. I can't find you on Twitter. That, I, is it a conspiracy theory if it always happens? Like, Or is that just that's when you know it's fact? 
All right, I want to bring on a friend of mine, James Simpson, who is a former economist and analyst for the White House Office of Management and Budget. He's also an investigative journalist, businessman, and author. His latest book, Who Was Karl Marx? The Men, the Motives, and the Menace Behind Today's Rampaging American Left is joining us now. James, congrats on the new book, and I do believe this is a very important moment ahead of the midterms. And people don't understand how close Karl Marx is, really his life, what his plan was uh, with communism and his vision. And now it's playing out in America right now. And it it scares the hell out of me, to be honest with you, because what we're now seeing with the left, it's no longer Democrats. It's hardcore socialism and communism. And the left is obsessed with making sure they dictate to you how you live your life. How concerned are you that we're going down the same road that Karl Marx would be grinning if he witnesses thinking it's happening now in the United States? Yeah, no, absolutely. Great to be with you, Ben. Thanks for having me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's going on, and it's been going on for a lot longer than I think most people realize. I mean, I had my epiphany about this after doing some deep research on my own about what was going on back in the 1980s. Because, you know, if you think about it, during the Reagan administration, he and the people that uh, he hired, the people that he appointed, people that he tried to get uh, onto the Supreme Court, like Judge Bork, they were going through the same kind of vilification and canceling that we are today. And I got to tell you, I heard that little Twitter thing. You know, I tried to get um, accredited on Twitter, and I've been writing for 20 years. And I've published in most of the well-known conservative outlets, and they would not uh, verify me. It's insane. I mean, I look at I look at Instagram, for example. My Instagram account is in Rich Semina, who's on there as well. We were talking about this recently, where when I opened my account on Instagram, it immediately went up. You know, skyrocketed to about nine thousand. Then in the last six, seven, eight months, I've added like two hundred people. Two hundred. Right. <laughs> You're telling me that that only two hundred people have tried to follow me when it went, and it's obvious the the shadow banning. But look, if you are big yeah. tech, you want to silence all of the people that bother you, right? You want to silence everyone yes. that 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 is on the right, and they say, okay, well, you know what? You're being too influential. We're just going to shut you up. Yeah. No, I, and I, and I don't even say on the right. It's basically they don't want people to hear the truth. They don't want people to hear anything other than what they are saying. And so it really, I mean, most of the time it's people like us on the right, but it doesn't have to be. You know, if a leftist walks off the uh, reservation for a minute and even stops to um, observe one fact and comment on it, that person is instantly pounced on, canceled, thrown out of the camp, and that's the end of it. I yeah, mean, let's go, go to this go to this letter right now. Well, go to this letter, and you think about this in the context of Karl Marx, right? 
You, you, you look at this letter to the Attorney General today, on behalf of the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Medical Association, the Children's Hospital Association, collectively representing more than 270,000 physicians and more than 220 children's hospitals across the country, we, we write to urge you to investigate the organizations, individuals, and entities coordinating, provoking, and carrying out, they claim, bomb threats and threats of personal violence against children's hospitals and physicians across the U.S. Now, this is all because conservatives have been exposing the mutilation and the the gender issues where they're trying to change a boy into a girl and a girl into a boy. And at Vanderbilt, they were caught on tape saying, we need to be doing this here because it's big money to take care of these people for the rest of their lives. It's a money grab. And now they're saying, oh, you don't understand. These people are like terrorists. It's no different than how they treat the parents that showed up at school board meetings. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And it's a vilification tactic that really, as I write in my book, started uh, really with Lenin, um, who said that we must write in a language that inspires hate, revulsion, and scorn towards those who disagree with us, period, towards those who disagree with us. And uh, it's an it's an it's a very a strategy that's been developed over many decades, uh, starting with Lenin and really actually before him. In the book, I write about uh, Sergei Nechayev. Have you ever heard of him? I have not. Nobody has. Sergei Nechayev is one of the most important radicals that no one's ever heard of. He wrote something in 1869 called The Revolutionary Catechism. And let me just read one uh, sentence, couple of sentences here of what he says. Uh, all they want is our happiness, our liberation and happiness, right? That's always the pretext, right? Well, but convinced that our emancipation and the achievement of this happiness can only come about as a result of an all-destroying popular revolt the revolutionaries will use all its resources and energy towards increasing and intensifying the evils and miseries of the people until at last their patience is exhausted and they're driven to a general uprising. So, and that's exactly what the left is doing today. You know, they're turning the truth upside down. They're vilifying us. They're attacking us. It's not just that. They're trying to criminalize the opinion of conservatives. This letter, and again, Ted Cruz, who was on earlier, said this. If you're a member of the American Academy of Pediatrics, resign your membership now. If you're a member of the American Medical Association, resign as a doctor now. If you are a member of the Children's Hospital Association, resign now. Because they just said, we are demanding the U.S. Department of Justice, the Attorney General, weaponize the government, and, and these are their words from the letter. These coordinated attacks threaten federally protected rights to health care for patients and their families. The attacks are rooted in an intentional campaign of disinformation. That's not true. We're just telling you what they said at Vanderbilt, right? Where a few high-profile users on social media share false and misleading information targeting individual physicians and hospitals, resulting in a rapid escalation of threats, harassment, and distribution of care across multiple jurisdictions. 
Our organizations have called on technology companies to do more to prevent this practice on digital platforms, and we now urge your office to take the swift action to investigate and prosecute all organizations, all individuals, and all entities responsible. So if you find on their own website Vanderbilt Hospital telling their doctors, if you don't get on board, you don't need to work here, and telling them we need to be in favor of this because we make money for decades caring for people with all the care that comes when you try to get somebody's sex to change, which is not normal, right? There, And it's a big money grab. Now they want you to go to be put in jail and investigated by the DOJ. It is exactly what... Karl Marx would be in favor of. Uh, James Simpson, I appreciate you coming on. Again, the book, you can go grab it on Amazon or wherever you want to get your books. Who was Karl Marx? The men, the motives, and the menace behind today's rampaging American left. James, God bless you. Congrats on the new book, and I hope it blows up for you. Hey, thanks, Ben. Thanks for being with you. Absolutely. Take a quick break. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin, really nice to have you with us tonight. I want to get back to your phone calls. Germany is now warning their citizens that you better basically chill. (laughs) No pun intended. Because their green new energy obsession and their total dependence on Russian oil and gas has now been destroyed because of the two pipelines. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to believe that this wasn't done by the Russians. Uh, The Baltic natural gas pipeline that was open, that was supposed to, you know, fix all these problems. Now it's, you know, it's not doing what they thought it was going to do. And now they're warning that you could be freezing, literally be freezing this winter. And this was all something that was actually warned by Donald Trump 
He told the Germans, don't do this. He scolded the Germans for, for, for being dumb enough to buy gas from Russia and then asking us to defend them from the Russians who are now threatening nuclear war with Ukraine and that part of Europe. Now, this was back in June the 12th, 2019. And the question is, why are we not looking at what's happening in, in Europe and saying we need to get our energy independence back online immediately? I believe this is the biggest national security threat to our country right now, is the fact that we are not energy independent and that we are having to fly to the Middle East and beg for more oil. And then we're having to, you know, not deal probably with Russia the way that we should be dealing with Russia because we can't stand up to them because we are basically in a, it's the perfect storm for Russia. That's probably a better way of putting it. They are invading Ukraine and we're not stopping them. They're doing whatever the hell they want to do when it comes to oil and energy and no one's stopping them. one 800 Four seven four nine seven three two one eight hundred four seven four. All right, no, I'm sorry, I hit. I, I gave my number. That's my fault. All right, I got it wrong. At one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. This is what happens when you host your own show and then you come in here. You give out the wrong number. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Mr. Producer's laughing at me right now. Rookie mistake, he says. Rookie mistake. All right, fair enough. Let's get to your phone calls and get your thoughts on this. But first, here is Donald Trump again in his own words, warning Germany, who's now telling their citizens they may not have heating oil and gas during the winter. Thank you. Can you question an open question? Can you comment about the energy corporation? So energy is a tremendous asset that we have. Since I'm president, we became the largest energy producer in the world. And we now are shipping a lot of energy offshore and to different countries. Vietnam just made a tremendous purchase of coal from West Virginia. Uh, we're a tremendous energy producer now in all forms of energy. Uh, and it's actually uh, within a year, especially if I get certain pipelines built, it won't even be close. We'll be double what other countries are. It used to be uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia. Now it's United States, Saudi Arabia and Russia. So we've made tremendous strides. Uh, Poland is buying a lot of LNG. Uh, It's going to buy billions and billions of dollars worth of LNG from us. And uh, we appreciate that. This is a result of our common initiative with the president. Right. Mr. President, will you use sanctions to block Well, we're looking at it. Look, people have a right to do what they want to do. I I think it's, uh, you know, something that I've been looking at and I'm thinking about. And I'm the one that brought up the pipeline problem where you have Russia uh, giving a tremendous percentage of energy. You know, this gas is going into Germany. I say, how can you do that? So we're protecting Germany from Russia. And Russia is getting billions and billions of dollars of money from Germany. I'm the one that brought up the problem. With that being said, I hope they get along, but Russia is paying 1%, as I said. They're not paying 2%. They should be paying much more, Germany. That Germany is paying 1%. They should be paying 2%. They should really be paying more than that. But we'll see how that works out. No, I, I think this. We have something much better. We have tremendous... LNG, liquefied natural gas, and a lot of the European countries are wanting it, including yourselves. I mean, tremendous amounts are being sold to different places all over the world, but also to Europe. 
And I think that's really the way. If they want to spend a tremendous amount of money, I do think this, uh, and I would say hopefully nothing will happen, nothing negative. Hopefully we're going to have a great relationship with Russia, great relationship with China and with Germany and everybody else. But I do think that Germany is putting themselves at a tremendous disadvantage when 50, 60 or even 70 percent of their energy is being supplied by Russia. I don't know how you can do this. Well, Germany, no, no, let me, let me explain it differently. Germany has the power to block it. You know how they block it? By not buying it. I mean, Germany made a decision to buy a tremendous percentage of their energy from Russia. Germany, whether they should be doing that or not, they're the ones that have the power to block it. They shouldn't buy it. Or if they want to, they can. But that's really a decision of Germany. I'm not saying that I would be in favor. I think the German people aren't very happy about it because it really makes Germany a hostage of Russia if things ever happened that were bad. Hopefully that will never be happened. Okay, go ahead. He was right. I don't care what you say. He was right. And that was his warning back in 2019. Let's get to your phone calls. William, welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hello. Now, why would the Russians blow up their own infrastructure when they could simply turn the valve off? And another thing is, they don't Because it gives them the ability to then claim that they weren't turning the valve off. Remember when they took it down for maintenance and then they said they had a problem with the pressure on the pipeline to just send a message that we can shut you off at any point we want to? Remember that? They're trying to use this as leverage, William, to get the rest of Europe to stop sanctioning them. And they understood that if they started to slow play and and reduce capacity by 70%, William, then Russia could basically freeze Europe to death this winter. And now the citizens are not going to give a crap about sanctions. And they're going to say, just turn the damn oil back on because I'm cold. That's why they would blow up their own pipeline. Been an honor filling in for Mark. I'd love to keep up with you. You can listen to my podcast, the Ben Ferguson podcast every day. Mark will be back with you tomorrow.